Now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cubs Corner. My name's Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill, located at 6169 North Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago with great food, great ownership, and it's just a great time. Today, joining me on the podcast is a good friend of mine and classmate of mine, Rich Eberwine. Thanks for coming on the show, Rich. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, awesome to be here. And recently, news, not necessarily roster-related, but just Cubs player-related, um, Anthony Rizzo now has a dog, and the Bryants <laughs> are expecting. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Like, there, you know, there hasn't been much Cubs news lately mm-hmm. in the baseball world, so these are just fun little stories. The Rizzo one is fun, but hey, obviously, congratulations to Chris Bryant and his wife, Jess, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, big congratulations in order to the Bryants, and obviously this Cubs season didn't go the way they planned. They finished in third place, only with 84 wins, had a lot of injuries, ended up stepping away from Joe Madden, and bringing in David Ross kind of to set a new tone in the Cubs clubhouse. What's your opinion on the David Ross hire? So I actually don't mind it. A lot of people are kind of worried. I honestly don't see many differences between the Ross hiring and uh, Aaron Boone with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Boone was a similar story. He was a player for a while, you know, didn't really have any coaching or managing experience prior to being hired as the Yankees manager. And obviously it's panned out for them. They had two winning seasons back to back. They won, if I'm not mistaken, they won their division uh, in 2019. So yeah, I don't see too many differences. Obviously, I see where the worry is because Ross doesn't have any experience. However, he was a catcher, which I think helps a lot. Me too. Um, catchers are probably the most strategic minds on the field, you know, next to the manager. So I think that helps. And also, he obviously has a good relationship with a lot of the players on the team. The only problem with that is I think want him to be tough on them you know yeah and and that's that's the big uh like hurdle for him to get over is can you can you be tough on your buddies and the thing I've really looked at is in various interviews you know with Bryant or Rizzo or even Lester they said when they made a mistake they weren't afraid to talk to Joe they were afraid to talk to Ross Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the mentality he brought as a player so I don't see why that wouldn't translate as a manager yeah and I think there's kind of a like for the public, there's kind of this stigma around Ross that he's, you know, fun-loving Grandpa Rossi, yeah. but that's only the view that we see. You know, we're not in the dugout or in the clubhouse, so I'm sure he commands a different kind of respect in those situations, in those environments that we don't get to see and we didn't get to see when he was playing. So I think it'll work out, you know, he might have some – hiccups you know a learning curve is obviously going to be there but I have faith yeah and obviously he's not going to win every game he's not going to have every season be a winning season that's just not something you can expect but there's two things I look at one every manager has to start somewhere Mm -hmm. so I like the Cubs giving him a start in an environment he's familiar with and the other thing is when I talked to Ryan Debster on the podcast a few weeks ago He said, when I won the World Series in 2013, David Ross was on the team, and he was the best coach that we had. 
Yeah. So just hearing something like that kind of puts my faith in Ross as the new uh, head of the ship that is Cubs baseball. Yeah, Dumpster's not a bad opinion on that for sure. And um, I actually caddied for Dumpster over the summer, and he told me a story about that. Or I asked him like what his favorite like moment in baseball was, and he said 2013 mm-hmm. when I got final strikeout in whatever it was, game one or two. He like closed the game, and I looked it up later, and Ross was like catching for him, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that that is a really <laughs> cool moment. And my brother actually got the chance to caddy with um, or caddy for Dempster. That's how I was able to get him on the podcast. Nice. He's a great guy, really good um, relationship wise nice. with the team. Super nice and super funny. He just loves to have fun. I love Dempster. And both of those guys actually played with Mike Napoli in 2013, yeah. and the Cubs just yeah. announced that he's going to be the quality assurance coach i believe is the title they're giving him it's what chris denorfia did last year Mm -hmm. and it's i think it's good for ross to bring somebody that he's very familiar with on his side in the dugout Oh yeah, absolutely and i think he'll fit in super well (laughs) it's kind of funny because napoli was on the indians in 16 yeah (laughs) so i'm sure that they're gonna have fun with that but yeah that's i think it's great that he's bringing on guys that he knows you know rounding out that coaching staff i think they still need one base coach and that's mm-hmm. then they'll have a uh, full coaching staff but yeah i like the napoli hire as well and the cubs also announced who david ross's bench coach is going to be they wanted a guy with some national league managing experience and they got the guy that just came from the padres and andy green i think it's a pretty good move yeah i agree i they needed a bench coach who had managing experience Without i a think doubt, yeah and even though andy green you know, his Padres teams didn't have a lot of success. He didn't really have much to work with. That's the other thing. Not so, a ton of talent. I mean, I like that move a lot. I think it, it'll pan out. I like that. And in other uh, some other coaches that are leaving, Brian Butterfield went with Joe Madden to Anaheim as well yeah. as, I believe, Tim Buss or Bussy, the strength and conditioning coach. So the Cubs had to hire some new coaches. They brought in Andy Green to be a bench coach. Will Venable is going to stay either at first base or third base. So the Cubs are just about finalizing their um, coaching staff under David Ross. So we'll stop with the coaches there for a second and go into b- the broader, bigger sense of baseball. And the one story that's really blowing up right now is sign stealing. Yeah, with the Astros. and See, <laughs> I... I obviously there's no problem with sign stealing as long as I think in my opinion technology is not involved. Yeah, I agree. The whole point of it is you can if you can relay to your team without using any other apparatus, you know, just you communicating to them and without the other team knowing about it, you know, that's part of baseball and that's always been part of baseball. There's nothing wrong with that in my opinion. Yeah, that's the the art of baseball is being able to see tendencies in mm-hmm. pitchers and catchers, whatever oh, yeah. it may Finding be. Finding tells like that's that's how you know, that's how it's always been. And but when you bring in this technology aspect to it and the way the I think other teams are definitely using technology, I mean it's just there's no way the Astros are the only people doing it, but the Astros took it to another level, in my opinion. They kind of, you know, fine-tuned that whole process to the point where, you know, it's all over YouTube and Twitter. You can tell. It's, yeah. it's too there's, quick. There's no way to argue it. Yeah. And, and I, I think the Cubs have a really good sign stealer, the fairway, and Jason Hayward. I think there was a video made that 
in a game this summer against the Dodgers, he was uh, giving the signs that Kenley Jansen was going to throw to the batters. So Kenley Jansen balked intentionally him to third balked on, on purpose to get him. <laughs> so that that's the strategy involved. But when you have a camera out in center field, and for those of you who don't know, I'll kind of explain it the way the Astros have been looking pretty guilty of doing it. A camera in center field zoomed in on the catcher. Once they figure out the sign, if it's a fastball, they do nothing. If it's any type of breaking pitch, they bang on the dugout, and that's how the hitter knows what's coming. And then in the playoffs, or when they play a bigger game against, and the crowd is a little bit louder at Minute Maid Park, they put electronic buzzers in the players' batting gloves or in their shoes to know what was coming, or used an extremely high-pitched whistle from the bench. So the Astros were pulling out all the stops. They've won the most games in the MLB over the last three years, and this is probably a huge reason why. Agreed. And I looked, I saw this thing on Instagram earlier where it showed batting averages of the Astros during, I think, the 2017 postseason. Their batting averages at home and away for, I think it was like Altuve and Gaddis. Yeah, did you see that too? Yeah, their batting averages. Spike when they were at home because they had these alternative ways of knowing what pitch was coming and in my opinion i i think it's a horrible look for the game i think it's definitely something that needs to be punished to what degree would you punish the astros i i mean it just depends who it's so hard to like pinpoint who exactly should be punished because it was like an organizational it was an entire organizational you yeah, know, it's the project front office telling the scouts to yeah. steal the signs and the players complying you know, with it. AJ all of that. Hinch was a huge mastermind behind it. Espada probably played a role. Glad Espada. we didn't hire him. <laughs> yeah, and I thought he was going to be hired as the Giants manager, but they went with Gabe well, Kapler. Yeah. Um, Alex Cora is getting under fire a little bit. Carlos Beltran, you know, can I you, mean, can you take away the World Series? I don't think they're going to do that, which. I don't even know if they should. I don't know if they they should either. I mean, that's a little too much. There's I think. a lot of talent involved to still go that far and win a World For Series. For sure, you know, there you is. can't just you can't put them winning a World Series just on them science stealing. And it obviously didn't work too well for them this year because they lost all four home games in the World Series to the Nationals. So right. Yeah. It, it's definitely a beatable thing with just flat out good pitching like the Nationals had, but there has to be some type of punishment. I don't know if you could like ban them from the playoffs and then let the second place team in the West just get in, but that'd be uh that'd be nice for Joe Madden to hear, right? Like he yeah. he'd be like, "All right, we're shooting for second place." <laughs> yeah, the Angels have some work to do, but yeah, they they got Mike Trout though. So yeah, it's just up to Rob Manfred and the MLB. They obviously there's never been this type of, you know, punishment that needs to be implemented so yeah well it's going to be interesting to see what they actually do and on the topic of cheating the hall of fame ballot just got released mm-hmm. um so i thought maybe we could touch on do you think this is the year that you know the barry bonds and the roger clemens and maybe even sammy sosa or mark mcguire might get into the hall of fame see what needs to happen before that i think the mlb has to come out and put a fine line on if those guys are eligible to be in the Hall of Fame. They're still on the ballot, but there really hasn't been this, like, overall forgiveness, I guess. For sure, and 
like with the Cubs, Sammy Sosa has kind of been like sidelined from all yeah. public things. You know, it's there needs to be something from MLB to say whether yes or no. And until that conversation happens, you know, nobody knows really what to think. Yeah. <laughs> and that needs to happen, in my opinion. And I'll, I'm not saying I condone cheating, mm-hmm. but there's two things I want to say about this situation. First of all, no matter how big your arms are, it's still pretty dang hard to hit a baseball. Oh, yeah. So I don't think you could just say, oh, he hit 600 homers, but he wouldn't have hit. He probably would have hit a good amount of those even without roids. And that could be any of the guys that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And my other thing is that steroid era came at a time where baseball really needed to up their ratings right I, after the strike. So I almost I feel like I hate using the word martyr because I – I don't think that's the right word, but in a way they are in a sense that they they, kind of saved baseball. They saved baseball and sacrificed their legacy for it. And that reason alone makes me think that major league baseball and the front offices were like, Sammy, take this, you know, or like Barry, take this because Barry was well on his way to a hall of fame career anyway. But I think that's what the game needed. And again, I'm not saying if, like, if you think baseball is boring, go cheat. No, that's not exactly it. But I think at the time that it happened, that was what baseball needed in a way. Yeah, and that's kind of what's happening now with the People juice are starting balls. to recognize that a little mm-hmm. bit. And it, I'm not, yeah, like you said, it's not, It's it should be frowned upon cheating. But, you know, it's exciting to watch guys hit 70 home runs a season yeah, and, and compete have that. for that home run title. You know, it, it definitely did save baseball at a time after the strike. You know, a lot of fans kind of shut the door on the MLB. They're like, I don't, you know, that's when the NFL kind of took off. Yeah, and, and I'm not, um, I don't want to give too much away, but I do have an article coming out on Cubs HQ in the upcoming days. I've been doing a series of the top three players at each position. And in right field, I actually gave the edge to Sammy over Andre Dawson just because in those early 2000s, nobody ignited in a Wrigley Field crowd the way Sammy did. It was incredible. Was it? Is this only for uh, Cubs players? Um, yeah, three the top three position players for every position that were Cubs. Um, Rizzo's on the first baseman's list, but this right field one is the one I'm talking about coming out in a few days. Sammy's on the list. Maybe check that out and... While we're on the topic of Hall of Fame, Alfonso Soriano's on the ballot this year. And I know a lot of people might overlook him or not think he's worthy. But aside from the defensive woes, his career numbers are pretty oh similar to Andre Dawson. Yeah, so he, I think you could give him a look for the Hall of Fame. I do too. Maybe He probably won't get in this year, but Soriano was a heck of a hitter. He, he really was. And he had an unorthodox batting stance, a weird approach. But he put up numbers, and before his multiple leg injuries with the Cubs, he was on track to be a, a 30-30 guy every year. He had a 40-40 year, one of the only players ever to have 40 doubles, 40 homers, and 40 steals in a season. I think that was 06. And he still brought the power to Chicago, oh, yeah. ended up with well over 400 bombs. I think he he's des- he at least deserves a look. For sure. He was um... – Four-time All-Star, hit over 400 career home runs, 270 career batting average. Those are those are you know solid numbers, solid Hall of Fame numbers. I would say over over 1,100 RBIs. I like uh, Soriano on the ballot for sure. 
I do too, and I think especially if voters aren't going to be giving their votes to the some of the steroid users, I could see Soriano at least getting enough to, to move on another year. Absolutely. I agree. And let's stop the talk on former Cubs, get into the current Cubs a little bit, as this offseason is expected to be a pretty big one in terms of Theo and Jed's almost legacy that they leave behind, trying to rebuild or retool on the fly, I guess you could say, to another great Cubs team. What do you expect for this offseason? So it's tough to figure out what Theo and Jed's strategy is going to be because they can't really spend a whole lot of money. They're already projected to be over the luxury tax for next year. So they don't have a lot of wiggle room, which is why this is a hot take, and I think they're going to trade Chris Bryant. See, that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask. Who would you put your bet on to get traded? I personally, he's been my favorite player ever since he was yeah. brought up. I threw out the first pitch on his debut. I, I've always been had this connection for Chris Bryant. I yeah. talked to his dad on this podcast, and he said Chris wants to stay in Chicago. Scott Boris said they'd be open to discussing a an extension, which I think is at least worth um, a try mm-hmm. to extend him. Absolutely. I also think this is maybe just a little bit far-fetched, but maybe – because a kid's on the way and he doesn't want to have, you know, have to raise the kid, let's say, in Boston for two years and then go somewhere else in free agency. Maybe he wants to settle down in Chicago and raise his kid. I don't know. I think it's possible that the Cubs do extend him. I know it would be pricey, and he does deserve to get paid, despite what you might Absolutely. think. He, he deserves every penny Chris he's Bryant get. is a tremendous baseball player, and – Probably the best player on the Cubs for the past four years. Baez has, you know, there's an argument for Baez and Rizzo too. Rizzo, but Bryant, you can put him anywhere on the field, and he's going to play above average defense. He's, you know, he's got a tremendous eye. He takes his walks, runs the base as well. He's an incredible bombs. base runner. He's more clutch than you think as well. Yeah, D- despite what people think, his clutch numbers are actually pretty good. And he hit 31 home runs last season. Tremendous baseball player, which is why I think they're going to sell high on him right now when they can and try to lock up some young, controllable talent, whether that be pitchers or I think they would be pitchers. Yeah, They need some um, bullpen help. And they need to get younger in the rotation, too. They do. Another thing. Quintana is going to be gone, I think, after this year his contract is up. Lester's got only one one or two years left on his deal. Hendricks isn't going to last forever. And Darvish, I mean, that's not a ton of faith in those guys. But to counter that point, because this might just be because I want them to keep Bryant. So do I. Don't give me I don't think they'll get the return they're looking for on Bryant. And I don't think Theo's going to take a deal where in the future it could be like, man, you sold Bryant way too soon. I don't think he's going to let that happen before he leaves Chicago, which Mm -hmm. is expected in two years. So I think the better bet to get traded, actually, is Wilson Contreras. Not saying that I want it to happen, but if it did, it would uh, free up Victor Caratini to be the starter for probably a year, a year and a half, and then highly touted Cubs prospect Miguel Amaya would kind of take the reins in that. They both play better defense than Contreras, and I think Amaya has a similar bat. Um, but it's again, it's hard to replace a two-time All-Star catcher. 
So for sure, but Caratini is super underrated in my opinion. I he's agree. a better pitch framer than Contreras. He's t- young, twenty six years old. He's a switch hitter. I think he just needs a little bit more time to develop his swing. He could be a starting catcher for sure. I agree, and I think this is also a good time to potentially sell Contreras. Mm-hmm. Um, his stock's high. There's a lot of teams really looking for a catcher and maybe don't want to break the bank and sign Grandal, um, to name a name. So Contreras really brings a lot of firepower to your lineup. Not going to play great defense behind the plate, but he has a rocket of an arm and can hit bombs. So the Cubs might be uh, smart to potentially shop him. So that's just my opinion with Contreras. Um, you said Bryant for potential guy to get traded. What else do you see this offseason bringing? Definitely some pitching, right? Yes, absolutely. They do need help for the bullpen. So the only there's only a handful of guys right now who are solid bullpen pieces, and I think Tyler Chatwood should be one of those guys. I agree. Um, I think he's got really, really good stuff. He's got an electric arm, and I think he deserves a little bit more of a shot. Maybe be that like swing role that Mike Montgomery used to be. You know that like long relief man slash fifth starter backup starter um and but other than that they got craig kimbrell locking down who i think i will say i think with a full spring training and a full off season yeah. where he knows where he's gonna be he'll be better next he'll, year. i think he'll have a huge bounce back here um there's kyle ryan who was who came up in a really big way last year in the bullpen kind of solidified it in a lot of ways that back end um he's one other guy rowan wick and brad wick are the two guys are the only other two guys you um you got alec mills who can be you know that swing guy as well um i think they definitely need to go get um some left-handed help for sure yes um and then probably a few more guys i personally think they're going to bring back Strope on a more team-friendly deal. I think he wants to be here, yeah. and there's really no point in, in letting a guy like that walk. I know he, he might not be the eighth-inning guy he once was, but he could still eat up innings For once sure. he's I think, healthy. I think he had a down year. and He really has been one of the better relievers in Cubs history. In Cubs history, I was going to say, there's an argument that he's one of the best relievers the Cubs have ever had, so... I don't have a problem with him coming back. He's a good clubhouse guy, super friendly and yeah. nice. I think C-Shack's, um consistency will lead him to wanting too much money for yeah. the Cubs to pay. But I think potentially Brandon Kinsler might be a guy they look into bringing back. Yeah, Kinsler really locked down the bullpen. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he was injured at all in the 2019 season so he might have had like miss a game or yeah. two with like leg tightness but i don't think he ever had a dl stint or yeah. il stint i should say yeah <laughs> and then i think they probably look for a cheap free agent move or acquire some bullpen arms via trade yeah to solidify uh the bullpen because the one thing i will say and theo's pretty smart so he should know this you don't give a rookie manager a crappy bullpen Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not something that you, you shouldn't get him used to the game managing a bullpen that can't get outs in late innings. Like, that's just not a good recipe. Yeah, I think the bullpen is the top priority for the offseason. And they do have a lot of stock to trade. Their their uh, prospect list is obviously not as beefy as it used to be in, like, 2015, let's say. But they do have a lot of guys on the Major League roster that they can dangle. 
Um, Hap has some trade value. Hap Caratini has, if they keep Contreras. Yeah. Uh, Elmora, um, Tony Kemp. You know. Yeah, those are some guys that other clubhouses might want. Elmora might be tough to move just because he's been really bad. Mm-hmm. But there are some alleys the Cubs can use um, to make some moves and yeah they those guys can all be part of like a package deal with like wilson Contreras or a kb trade in order to get that, that you know those extra bullpen arms in or a trade the cubs decide they want to re-sign castellanos that could mean schwarber gets dealt right. for some pitching or some some prospects so there are a lot of moves that this offseason can take we'll see how it unfolds but the topic of extensions has been highly thought of it kind of seems like the narrative is the Cubs are either keeping Bryant or Baez. You predict Baez, I assume, because you said they'll trade Bryant? Yeah, I do. And Baez will be cheaper, too. I think he would be, just because he hasn't won that MVP that Bryant has. Um, and also, Baez is a little bit younger, and he's just he's got that that spark. You know, He brings a spark to that lineup that I think... Bryant doesn't. Bryant does have you know a lot of bop in his bat. He's a consistent hitter, but I think Baez just has this flair in his game. Factor. Yeah, he's got that superstar flair. He plays flashy defense. You know, I think he's just one of these guys that will be on the Cubs for, if not his whole career, a large chunk of his career. So then I'm gonna say I think they do wrap up a Rizzo extension. Um, I I think Rizzo's set on playing in Chicago forever. I yeah. think he deserves it as well. I um, agree. He... I think Baez might come at a little bit more of a team-friendly price, not necessarily a discount, mm-hmm. but not as expensive as Bryant. And then I think if they budget correctly um, and go after some lower, like no huge risk, huge reward deals, I think it could be possible for Bryant to – also get extended and this is what david kaplan said on one of his radio shows he said i talked to somebody close to chris bryant and he said if the cubs just apologize not even give him his year of control but if they just apologize for the way they handled the way he was brought up which was manipulated Mm -hmm. as uh everyone knows that he would sign an extension at the right price but he'd be open to it yeah, and don't get me wrong, I Chris Bryant is one of my favorite baseball players and I want to see him on the Cubs. So if it happens, I'm going to be happy. You know, if he's traded, I'm going to be sad personally. But, um, you know, if that's what Theo thinks should happen, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's up to Theo. So we'll see what he does. Um, Anthony Rizzo is a cub. <laughs> he yeah, I had no other way to put that. Yeah, he's just a cub. And I think he loves playing in Chicago and he would be willing to sign an extension for probably a cheaper price than most guys, hopefully, you know, with the Cubs in this payroll jam that they're in. And the other problem with extending Brian I see is that Scott Boris is his agent. Yeah, that makes it tough. Scott Boris is gonna want to drive that price up as high as he can because that's what Scott Boris does. So that's a problem I see, and we'll we'll see how it unfolds. But, um, yeah. I'm going to say one thing, one more thing about Rizzo before we move on, and it might be taken as a hot take, and I don't mean to step on any legacies here, but I think Anthony Rizzo is the closest thing to Mr. Cub since Ernie Banks. I, yeah, I mean, 
Plus, this is not to say Rizzo was better than Banks or anything like that because Banks was a phenomenal player, Hall of Fame, great guy. Like, There's not a bad thing you could say about him. But Rizzo does have the ring. He does, and that's not to knock any other Cubs legends in the past who don't have rings, but, you know, nobody has rings since 1908. Rizzo's got the ring. He's got that leadership quality. And he's a great guy he's off the field. He's just a nice, wholesome guy, you know, all around just sweetheart. So, yeah, I think he has a – he's uh, – He's gunning for the Mr. Bank or Mr. Uh, Cub title. I don't know if you could have co-Mr. Cubs or something like that, but Rizzo's <laughs> certainly making his case. He is. It's the holiday season now, Thanksgiving coming up, obviously Christmas coming up. So I want to ask you, who's on your off-season wish list? So Nick Castellanos is at the top of that wish list for sure. Um I don't. It's going to be super hard to swing a deal with him just because of this payroll jam again that they're in, and he probably is going to want a decent contract after he hit himself into a he did, contract. and he deserves a contract for the work that he did in Chicago. He was an absolute godsend, even though they still missed the playoffs. Um, Castellanos is definitely on top. Um, honestly, just bullpen guys yeah i would say bullpen and pitching starting pitching however they acquire it is on the Mm -hmm. list number one on my wish list um aside from castellanos because i'd love a reunion with him is whit merrifield i know this is a guy we talked about um at the trade deadline as someone we wish the cubs would go after Mm -hmm. um but it has been reported that he is a top priority quote unquote for the cubs this winter so I think if you could send the right package to the Royals and maybe get Merrifield and some pitching or something like that, because aside from pitching, the Cubs have two holes, center field slash second base. Oh, yeah. And Merrifield plays both above average defense and leadoff hitter. And that's what Merrifield has been, probably one of the best in the league over the past few years. And, you know, he looks good in blue and white. So I think this <laughs> is a perfect move. If the Cubs could pull it off, and then if you if you go get Merrifield and you hang on to Schwarber, your outfield probably looks like Schwarber in left, Merrifield in center, Hayward in right, and probably Nico Horner at second. Or if you want Merrifield at second, he would still be batting leadoff, and then maybe that frees up a spot for Castellanos or um, a cheaper, better defender in center field. But I think... Getting with Merrifield could solve a lot of problems. It's kind of like killing two or three birds with just one stone. Whit Merrifield would definitely fill multiple gaps, multiple holes that the Cubs have right now. Like you said, that leadoff position, which has had absolutely terrible numbers since Dexter Fowler departed the Cubs. Um, second base, there's a hole. Addison Russell there, he's has not going to be back. Fallen off the you know <laughs> the Cubs you know. He's just been bad. Um, Whit Merrifield. Bad on the field, bad off the field. Yeah. So no room for that on a roster. Absolutely, and I don't think the fans want to see him back. Um, I I don't, just be honest. Yeah, I, I don't either. <laughs> I, I think they won't tender him a contract. But Merrifield, he's he's got speed. He's got that contact bat. He he bopped he a few home runs. He's, yeah, he swiped 20 bags last year. Um can play the outfield, can play second base. He's a middle infielder. I think it would 
be a perfect fit if they could swing that trade. Theo, please go get wit. <laughs> yeah, there, there's uh, mine and Rich's Chris, Christmas wish. Go get wit. <laughs> go get wit. That's good. Put that on a t-shirt. That'll do it for this episode of the Cubs Corner. Thanks for coming on, Rich. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And uh, as always, you can find this episode, past or future episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and as always, Cubs HQ. For Rich Eberwein, I'm Anthony Pasquale, thanking you for coming to the Cubs Corner.